0: That'll take about six or seven weeks to heal. Then you should be fully operational. Good skin, he added. Mediterranean? My mother, Dom explained through clenched teeth. Kilverton was peeling off old skin at the time, probing the graft. French. Your father? Dom wanted him to shut up. It was easier to go inside the pain and not do the cocktail party stuff. ''British. When did you learn to fly? Tilt your head this way, please.'' The snub nose loomed towards him. ''Cambridge. The University Air Squadron.'' ''Ah, my father was there too. Sounded like jolly good fun. Yes.'' Kilverton talked some more about corpuscles and muscle tone and youth still being on his side. He'd repeated how lucky Dom was. Soon have your old face and your old smile back. As if a smile was a plastered-on thing. While he was listening, Dom had that nightmare sensation again, of floating above himself, of seeing kind faces below and not being able to reach them. Since the accident, a new person had taken up residence inside the old face and the old smile. A put-together self who smoked and ate who joked and was still capable of cynical wisecracks, but who felt essentially dead. Last week, encouraged by the doctors to take his first spin on his motorbike, he'd sat on a grass verge outside the mucky duck, on what was supposed to be a red-letter day, and looked at his hand around the beer glass as if it belonged to someone else. During his first weeks in hospital, now a blur of drips and ambulance rides and acid baths, His sole aim in life had been to not let the side down by blubbing or screaming. Blind at first, he'd managed to quip, "'Are you pretty?' to the nurse who'd sat with him in the ambulance that took him away from the smouldering haystack. Later in the wards, he made a bargain with himself. He would not deny the physical pain, which was constant, searing, and so bad at times it was almost funny, but emotionally he would own up to nothing.' If anyone asked him how he was, he was fine. It was only in the relative quiet of the night, in the lucid moments when he emerged from the morphine haze, that he thought about the nature of pain. What was it for? How was one to deal with it? Why had he been saved and the others were gone? And only months later, when his hands had sufficiently healed, had he started to write in the diary his mother had sent him. Reams of stuff about Jacko and Cowbridge, both killed that day. A letter to Jacko's fiancée, Jill, not sent. Letters to his own parents, ditto, warning them that when he was better, he was determined to fly again. And then, the girl. When she walked into the ward that night, what struck him most was how young she looked, young and spirited and hopeful. From his bed, he drank in every detail of her. She was wearing a red polka dot dress, nipped in at the waist, and a black hat with an absurd little veil that was too old for her and made her look a little like a four-year-old who had raided her mother's dressing-up box. She couldn't have been more than twenty-two. He saw a roll of glossy, dark hair under her hat, generous lips, large brown eyes, She stood next to the piano, close to the trolley that held dressings and rolled bandages. Half imp, half angel. She was smiling as if this was where she wanted to be. A real professional, he thought, trying to keep a cynical distance. A pro. She explained in her lightly accented voice, Welsh, Italian, hard to say, that her name was Sabatarjan and that she was a last-minute replacement for a torch-singer called Janice Sophia. She hoped they wouldn't be disappointed, and then threw a bold look in Dom's direction, or so he imagined, as if to say, you won't be. A fat man in khaki uniform, her accompanist, sat down heavily at the piano, began to play. She listened, swaying slightly. A look of calm settled on her face as she sang about deep purple nights and flickering stars, and a girl breathing a boy's name, whilst she.